0: again. Brother Jones, preach to me. Would you say that? Brother Jones, preach to me. Come, take your liberty. To... Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Can we put our hands together and begin to love the Lord right now? Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Shouting to God with a voice of triumph. Oh, come on, shouting to God with a voice of triumph stretch them vocal cords tonight. Come on. Oh, let's press our way. Let's press our way. Let's press our way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and disagree with the rest of these brethren tonight. I believe God wants to do something great in here for somebody. Come on. Amen. Amen. Uh, I got me a little power nap tonight, today, so I'm ready to go. Amen. I believe some of you others did as well. So there shouldn't be any reason why you're sleeping on the pew tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's all come in here tonight agreeing in one mind and one accord. The Bible said that's the way the Holy Ghost fell. They were all in one mind and one accord. And it said suddenly, suddenly, unexpectedly, it just came all over them. But you know why? Because they were in one mind and one accord. Amen. Amen. So let's get in one mind and one accord for the next uh, hour or so. And let's just, uh, let's just have a Holy Ghost bro out tonight. Amen. Uh, the world is celebrating uh, what they call Super Bowl Sunday. And uh, uh, there's no doubt people fighting over teams. There's no doubt people jumping up and down for a certain team. Uh, they're drunk and... No telling what else for over a certain team. And, uh, well, I just feel that if we come in the house of God, we just ought to get drunk in the Holy Ghost for Jesus. We ought to fight the devil for a little move of God, a, a, a big move of God. Well, we ought to scream and shout, run the house. Maybe do some flips, roll around in the floor. Hey, but I, hey, people are fanatic about football, about a pigskin going from one end of the field to the other. But I come to tell you I'm a little fanatic for Jesus Christ. That football didn't do anything for me, but Jesus went to the cross at Calvary and he purchased my salvation why I'm saved is not because of a pig skin, but the reason why I'm saved is because a man, a God wrote himself in flesh and went to the cross and he bore my sin. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm thankful for a God who gave his life for me. Well, I believe there's some hungry people here tonight. I believe there's some desperate people here tonight. Uh, I'm going to throw just a little motivation with your desperation And uh, let's see what God can do I'm just going to spark a little motivation You know, the the preacher was talking the other night about an explosion If it's so hard and and contained, it cannot explode Well, why don't you just kind of break through the barrier a little bit Kind of expand your way a little bit So when the fuse is ignited, this thing will just blow right open night agreeing with these brothers, somebody's going to leave with the Holy Ghost. Somebody's going to leave receiving a miracle. Oh, I said, somebody's going to leave here delivered and set free. Oh, come on somebody. Why don't you agree with me tonight? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, everyone, who has been uh, kind to me, your hospitality. Thank you all. Thank you, Brother Riggin, for allowing me to come and be here in Olathe, Kansas. I love this country. I tell you, Mississippi is, uh, it's nice. I was born and raised there. I'm telling you, Kansas is beautiful. It is very beautiful. Absolutely. And, uh, and uh, so. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm surrounded by Kansas folks. I better say that, huh? No, it's it is a beautiful country, and uh, I just I love being here. I have felt welcomed, and uh, I'm honored to be here. Uh, everyone that has uh, chauffeured me around and showed me all the nice restaurants—it's about all I've seen since I've been here. <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless, I have not starved to death. Thank God. Amen. And. Uh, I have become good friends with several here, uh, Brother Jared, and Brother Josh, and several others. If I get to calling all your names, I will mess up, surely, because I, I I'm not familiar with all your names yet. Brother Brandon, uh, we went to Cabela's yesterday and had a good time, and uh, so I'm just thankful for what God's doing. And so with all that said and all that out of the way, now let's just have church. Yeah! I apologize to some of these this morning I told them, I'm sorry I didn't thank you this morning Uh, I just felt the Holy Ghost move in a different way But I I thanked you tonight So now, uh, that should be off your mind Let's just have church That should be off your mind Let's just go ahead and have church Amen, amen, amen Mark chapter 5 Beginning at verse 25 Hallelujah, hallelujah Mark 5 and 25 Thank you, Lord. How many come tonight, you just, you just want a touch from God? How many, how many just want a brand new touch? Everybody should agree with that. Everybody should want a brand new touch. I want a brand new touch. Every time I come in the house of God, I want a brand new touch. I want to learn something different. I want to move higher in God. Hallelujah. And so tonight I hope that we all can get a, get a brand new touch. And I hope that some of you that have not received a touch from God or you have felt, maybe you have felt... A touch, or maybe felt the Holy Ghost as it's moved on you. Maybe you'll just go ahead tonight, and you'll just uh, step on in the waters, and they're being troubled by the angels, yeah. by the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And uh, I, I think you should just step on in the water and let God fill you with the Holy Ghost yes. tonight. I think you should just step on in the water and let God heal your body tonight. I think you should step on in the water tonight and let God deliver you tonight. I think you should just throw your burdens down and just step on in the water. Amen, amen, amen. I'm glad we don't have the problem of an angel having to come by and stop by, and we don't know when he's going to stop by, and then only one person being touched. But I'm so thankful that the Holy Ghost is freely given to every man. Amen. It's freely given to everyone. We don't have to wait for an angel to come by and and touch, and and the waters be troubled for somebody to jump in in front of us, but we can all jump in together, and we can all have a Holy Ghost explosion tonight. Amen, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 5 and verse 25 says, A certain woman which had an issue of blood, 12 years, and had suffered many things and many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and she was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, I may be t- If I may touch, but his clothes I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that Amen. Everybody say it with me tonight. She was healed of that plague. plague. Amen. For the next uh, 15, 20, maybe 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, uh, however long the Holy Ghost wants to take control in this place tonight. I want to talk to you on this simple subject. Desperate for a change. Amen. Desperate for a change. For the next few moments. Pastor, would you pray? Oh Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for your word. God, it is a lamp to our feet and a light to our past. I thank you, Lord God, for your servant. I pray you would speak through him tonight. I'm asking you, Lord, to anoint our ears that we might hear what the Spirit says to the church tonight. Touch hearts, God. I pray change lives, save souls in this service tonight. We give to pray now the glory in Jesus. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Put your hands together. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you promise to help me sleep and stay awake, you can be seated tonight. Amen. <laughs> hallelujah. In the portion of Scripture that I read in you're hearing, it simply talks about... Uh, a lady who had an issue of blood. This lady had a problem in her life. That she had tried everything that she could. To uh, solve her problem. To fix her. Uh, a, uh, her. I don't know what you'd call it. Disease. Plague that possessed her body. And uh, she went to several doctors. No doubt maybe she. Before she had this plague she. Uh, had a life savings, no doubt, and she went and, and she took her money that after this plague, and she went to the doctors to try to solve this, and she couldn't get a, a miracle, or she couldn't get a healing from the doctors. And so she began, no doubt, one say, well, why don't you try this one? So she'd go and she'd try this one. And, and, and then another one would say, well, I can't do anything for you. Why don't you go and try this one? And, and then he said, I can't do anything for you. So she was never, it was a never-ending process with her. Right, right, right. You and I know today as doctors, they, we have, you have some that they can, they, that's what they specialize in. They, they try to fix your need. They try to uh, fix your illness that, that ails your body. But there's just some things that this doc, one doctor just can't do. So they send you and refer you to a different physician, and sometimes he can't figure it out, so they send you to another physician. I know my brother, uh, he is 16 years old, he has a detached retina in his eye, and he went to a doctor after 10 months of going with this detached retina, uh... They say you only have a a percentage of hope uh, if it's fixed in a couple of days. Okay, you can just imagine 10 months of of this, it, it just was almost impossible. And so one doctor said, you know, I think I can fix this. So he goes and he has surgery. And the first process goes well. He goes for the second checkup, and it's detached again. And so the doctor says, you know what, let's try another surgery. We're going to try it again and see if we can do this. And so he tried it again, and the first process took, and the second process failed. And so what I'm trying to tell you is that sometimes in a a physical position, you are going to meet failure. You are going to meet Opposition. You're going to meet things, and it's just not going to take care of your problem. And so, this doctor from Michigan, I, I guess that's where he's from. I thought, I think that's where he's from, Michigan, says, you know, I think I can fix his, his eyes. So we're waiting to hear from that. So, you know, it's just a never-ending process. It's just it, you, you try and you try and try because you want your life to be better. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. You want things to be better in your life. That's the same way it is with God. When sin is in your life, you try things of the world. You try this. You try that. You go here. You go there. You do this. You do that. And it's a never-ending process. You try doctor after doctor. And I'm not talking about a literal physical physician. But I'm talking about things to try to doctor your illness. Try to doctor your sin. But can I tell you the only physician that can take care of your sin is Jesus Christ. The only physician that can wipe away your sin, the only physician that can wash your sins away is Jesus Christ. If you're trying the things of this world, you're going to meet failure every angle that you take. But when you find Jesus, your problem can be met. We're going to go somewhere tonight, I promise you. I know it's a little slow starting off, but we're going to go somewhere tonight. This woman, she tried everything. Everything possible. She sold everything that she had to try to find a cure. Everything. She was desperate for a change in her life. The Bible tells me that by just telling me that she sold everything. Everything. So I know she was desperate, Brother Jared. I know, without a shadow of a doubt in my mind, it wasn't like some of us. We come to the house of God with our problems, and we say, God, we want you to fix it. But we're not desperate enough to get out of our pew and say, God, here I am. Would you please fix my problem? Well, if you want to carry your problem home with you, then you just sit in your pew. But God has come in this place tonight to walk up and down these aisles, to trouble the waters, so that your need and your miracle can be met tonight. I don't know about you, but if I'm desperate for a move of God, I'm not going to sit by and sit in this chair back here and let the preliminaries go on and let things take place and watch everybody else get their miracle and me sit back there. No, when I'm desperate enough, I'm going to get out there and I'm going to get a hold of God the best way that I can so that my need and my miracle can be met. Praise God. Praise God. And so, uh, she was she was desperate. She tried everything. I've said that over and over tonight. She tried everything, but the Bible says she heard of Jesus. She heard of Jesus. No doubt she heard the stories. Maybe she had visited some friends or maybe she had to stay with friends because she had sold everything. I don't know. The Bible doesn't clearly state that. But maybe, no doubt she heard of Jesus because she said, if I could get to him, I know everything's going to be all right. So no doubt that she heard of the stories of of the blinded eyes being opened, the deaf ears being unstopped, the lame walking, the dead raised. I'm telling you, she knew that if she could just get a hold of him, everything would be all right. Right. So many of us, we say, if I can get a hold of Jesus, everything will be all right. But we make no movement. We make no forward direction. We make no progress to try to fix the problem that else. So it makes me believe that some of you are just, you're just coping and you're just satisfied with your life. I'm going to tell you something. When you become complacent, you become stagnated. You become you after a while you begin to stink. After a while you begin to you begin to look nasty and dirty because you just look at somebody who never takes a bath. If every day today they go by, they're gonna look they're just gonna look nastier and nastier, they're gonna smell worse and worse. That's the way it is when we get complacent, when we sit there and we let our problems just build up, build up, build up, it begins to make us look nastier and smell nastier and, and, and we just we're we're stuck. I don't want to get stagnated I don't want to be somebody who sits there and watches everybody else get their miracle I can't understand people who want to sit by and let the Lord touch someone else when they have a need of their own it makes no sense when you sit there and you say well I have a need but you don't do anything about it I'm sorry if I'm being a little harsh and being a little, a little rude, but let me tell you something. If you're desperate enough for your miracle, it makes me believe that you'll get up out of your pew and you'll make a forward progress to the one that can fix your need. A drug addict. You know what? When he's uh, going through rehab. Or, or Not when he's going through rehab. But when he's going. And, and, and no doubt he's wasted all of his money. But you know what? When he gets desperate for a fix. He'll do anything. Anything possible. Anything in his uh, in his grip. He'll sell anything he's got. To get something to fix his problem. Right. On, I was talking to a young lady. Who was addicted to drugs. And God. Supposedly delivered her uh she she's i don't know anyhow i was talking to her right and and it's not that i don't believe that god delivered her it's just some of the things she does it makes me wonder sometimes yeah. and uh and so you know some of those people that they they, they say they got to change but you don't see a change right. kind of like that uh, this is the way she was. But I was sitting and talking with some, some of the people, and she was there. And she was telling me, she said, you know, one time I, I was so desperate for a fix, I sold a vehicle. And this was a, a, a fairly new vehicle for like three or $400. That's how desperate she was for a fix. Now, you tell me that a drug addict could do that. The alcoholic, he'll scramble around and scrounge everything he can. He'll sell everything. He'll sell a lot of things too. Just to get another beer. Just to get some more liquor. Just to fill the void that he has. That's how desperate they are. But we, as people of God, we have healings tangible. We have the Holy Ghost right there in our grips. We have deliverance right there at our grips. We can throw our burdens on Jesus. He's just right there. And we sit in our pew and we do nothing about it. We sit in our pew and we're complacent with our life. We're complacent with the same people that come in the house of God. We're complacent with the same old youth group. We're complacent with the same old songs. We're complacent with the same old, uh, just everything just as way it is. Don't change it. Everything will be all right. But I'm telling you, I'm sick and tired of average church. I don't know why I'm saying this tonight, but I just feel in the Holy Ghost. I'm just going to follow. I'm going to break down this barrier. I kind of talked on this the Thursday night I was here. I'm just going to break on through this barrier tonight. If you're desperate for your miracle. If you're desperate for your sons or your daughters or your family to be saved. When the songs are being sung. When, when prayer requests is going on. Don't sit there with your eyes open and your hands folded. Because your need is never going to be met that way. Many times in the Bible, miracles were taking place because someone reached out. Somebody reached out. They did not sit at home and Jesus came to them. They did not sit at the house and Jesus said, Well, you know what? I think he's sick. I'll go meet his need." didn't say you know what she's sick over here I think I'll go over here and I'll meet her need no normally Jesus was on his way to preach somewhere and somebody got a hold of him well is there anybody in here desperate for a change tonight Jesus is here and he's walking up and down these aisles Jesus is here and he's moving in and out of these pews. Are you going to let him pass you by? Are you going to let him pass you by again without getting your miracle, without getting your need, met? Jesus. get back to my story. Let me just get off of this. Let me get back to my story. I may hit on this a little more. Let me just get back to the story. This woman, Bible says that she was so desperate that she pressed her way through the crowd. Yeah. All right? Now, the crowd that followed Jesus was not 30 or 40 people. The crowd that followed Jesus was not just a couple of thousand. The crowd that followed Jesus were thousands. Just in one sitting, he fed 5,000 men, not counting women and children. So that's 10,000. If they had two children, that's 20,000 people that was right there. Uh So we're talking about massive groups of people that followed Jesus. They knew when Jesus was coming. They knew when Jesus was in town because people didn't just sit in their houses. People just didn't sit by and say, you know what? Those that had a need, they were going to try to get a hold of him the best way they could. And so this woman presses her way through the crowd. Now, I'm just going to use my imagination here for a minute. And I I like to use my imagination some. I don't use it often, but I like to use it some. And so I can just imagine as this woman, all the people around, she's desperate now, r- reminding you that she's desperate, that she's going to get a hold of Jesus. She presses her way, and I believe this is how she does it. Pushing her way. Because I'm telling you, the crowds were, were so thick that it was probably almost impossible to just walk her way through. In other words, what I'm trying to tell you is that faith without works is dead. Right. I'm still in the Bible. Faith without works is dead. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. What I'm telling you is if you're sitting there on your faith, you better get up off of it. Because if you're not careful You'll die lost on your pew Because you're sitting on your plan, On face God help me Help me Jesus I'm telling you tonight I, I, I wish you could just feel what I feel I wish you could just feel what I feel That God wants to do in this place I wish we could break that just average mentality of when we come in the house of God, we just expect the same things to go on and on. We'll sing four or five songs and preacher preach. We'll go home just the same way we came to church. But it was not meant for us to come to church and leave the same way. It was not meant for you and to come in the house of God And leave with our problems that we come with It was not meant for you and I To sit in the house of God And leave the same way But it was meant for you and I To put some bruises on the devil's head To stump the devil in the ground To receive our miracle To receive the Holy Ghost To receive our blessings We wonder why people ain't receiving the Holy Ghost Too many saints of God are sitting on their faith saints of God are sitting on their faith. If you don't believe somebody's going to get the Holy Ghost, hundred percent 9.9% of the time, they're not. Because you have no faith that they're going to do it. And it, and it, it, it it's, it's sad when three people come in the house of God and they expect somebody to get the Holy Ghost. And the majority of the crowd, they don't believe it. So we haven't seen people get the Holy Ghost in in six months. Who cares? Tonight can be different. Don't you ever expect something different when you come in the house of God? My God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. So that lets me know if he he saved them on the day of Pentecost, he's still saving them today in February 6, 2011. My God is still in the miracle working, the saving business. It depends on how desperate you really are for a change. The saints of God have got to be desperate for a change and a move of God before God will ever come in and move in our midst. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. you Be seated. Be seated. Be seated. So she pressed her way through the crowd, and she gets a hold of his garment. Now, mind you, the Bible doesn't say she grabbed him and just tried to just mess his clothes up. Just, just you know, just hang on and cling to him. She just barely touched the hem of his garment. That's how much faith she had and how desperate she was for her to be changed. She touched just the hymn, and she was made whole. Right, right, right. The Bible says that she was made whole from that very instant, the instant she touched him, it was not a two-day later miracle. It was an instantaneous miracle, because she was desperate enough for a change. Come right, on right. Come on, brother. Let me tell you what's so unique about this story, though. She didn't cry out with a loud voice. Right, right. She didn't scream to the top of her lungs. She didn't get out there and just shout and do a jig. She just pressed her way and touched him. Now, I believe in shouting because I do it. Yeah. I believe in worship. The yeah. Bible says, let everything you the breath praise the Lord. Right, right. I believe in praise. But this woman, she just, she just touched him. Okay? But she had to put forth some effort. She had to put forth some effort. She had to crawl her way. She had to press her way to get her miracle. Now, this is what's unique about it. She didn't scream out loud, but Jesus knew when she touched him. Because verse 30 says, And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? It wasn't until then that anybody knew that, it, that had, they had touched him for a miracle. Right. 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 And the disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The disciples thought he was crazy. Yeah. Right. Now, this is the way I kind of believe it, is that you're sitting there, and you're just praying, and you're pressing away, or you're standing there with your hands raised, and you're loving God, and you're giving God everything, and all of a sudden, you get your miracle. All of a sudden, you get what you need from God. And you just break out and you start shouting. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everybody else is like, well, what just happened? Uh-huh. What just took place? Right. Right. Come on. But you know and God knows when you touch him. Yes. Yes. You know and God knows knows when you get a hold of him and get his attention it doesn't matter if everyone around you knows you're trying to get his attention but when you get his attention you'll know it and he'll know it and you'll be delivered and set free you'll be ah come on somebody we need to get desperate you need to become a fanatic for Jesus yes now, that's just that's some crazy person. That's just somebody who some people see him in the world and they come and they say, Oh, Lord, look out. I know I did. I had several friends and they come out, Oh, look out. But you need to be that way for Jesus. Come on, yes. You are giving God, you're not giving God your best, and God wants your best. Come on. Yeah. If you come in the house of God and you sit there, you're not giving God your best. You can go anywhere and do that. Right, right, right come on, right. You can go anywhere and do that. Now, some of you were out in the world, and some of you partied it up. Some of you danced. Some of you 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 acted crazy. You got drunk and just right. you did stuff that was out of the, out of your mind because you was out of your mind right. when you was on everything you was on in the world. On, right. And you acted silly. You acted crazy. You are a fanatic for the the devil. Just going to go ahead and say it. Because you were serving him. Well, when you come in the house of God, what happened? When you come in the house of God, what changed? God didn't change. You changed. I can't understand someone who wasn't worried about their reputation in the world. But as soon as they come in the house of God, they start worrying about what people think about them. Well, I got two with me. I'm going to go ahead and preach with them too. You come in the house of God. And you sit there. And you stare at everybody else worshiping. You sit there with your arms folded. You sit there with your legs crossed. And everybody's getting their miracle. Everybody's getting their healing. Everybody's getting what they need. And you just sit there. But if you were out in the world, you going crazy. You'd be running and jumping and flipping and and, and, and and doing everything you could to try to make yourself look like an idiot but instead of you, when you come in the house of God, you want to sit there all nonchalant and reserved. I'd much rather be an idiot for Jesus than I would be an idiot for Satan. And I know idiot is a a, a harsh word And I'm not calling you that I call myself that I'd rather be an idiot for Jesus Than I would be an idiot for Satan Because when I was out in the world I was an idiot I'm just going to call it like it is When I was out there serving the devil When I was out there doing everything I wanted to do for the devil I was an idiot That's right But you know what? I'm like this brother right here. I'm not going to serve the devil and give him my best and come in the house of God and act all nonchalant and reserved. I come with a desperation in my heart. Me from alcohol, you don't understand. God delivered me from nicotine, God delivered me from uh, spirits that possess my mind of bitterness and things like that. So, you know what? I'm gonna stand and I'm gonna give God everything that I can give Him as long as I have breath in my body. I'll be like David, I'll dance, I'll shout. You may look at me funny. You may say, what is that idiot doing? But I'm telling you, I refuse to back down to the enemy. I refuse to back down to you. And you know what? Some of you that are all nonchalant and reserve, I'm staying away from you. Don't think me rude Don't think me strange But I don't want your mentality to rub off on me I'm not rude and I'm not mean But I'm just telling you I'm desperate I don't want to die lost I want to be like this woman with the issue of blood Every time I come in the house of God I want to press my way I want to press my, like this brother said tonight, why don't we just put the plow down a little bit and dig on a little deeper. Well, you all agreed with him. You all said you wanted to go deeper, so let's go deeper tonight. Let me just call it like it is. Sin is sin. Black is black. And I'm going to tell you something. We are, we are, we're foolish when we try to mix white and black. I'm not talking about race. I'm talking about sin with holiness. When we try to straddle the fence and live in the gray area. My pastor teaches me that white is white and black is black. The gray area is what you stay out of. And I believe you've got a pastor that teaches the same thing. White is white. Black is black. Holiness is holiness. Sin is sin. We've got to be separate. We've got to draw the line. We have enough churches who are moving their boundaries outside. They're moving their boundaries on the outskirts of sin. They're living on the outskirts of Sodom and Gomorrah. And that Sodom and Gomorrah spirit is rubbing off on them. I'm telling you, I love a man who says this is the way it's going to be. We're not going to cut our hair. We're not going to wear our pants. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. We're going to live a holiness life. and desperate. Desperate. Pastor, if I get out of line, pull my coat tail, pull my shirt, pull me back, jerk me down, pull me by my tie. I'm telling you, I just feel, I'm just feeling the Holy Ghost. I don't know why I'm saying what I'm saying. I don't really, I don't have any notes up here. I got a, 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 a title and two scriptures. That's it. I'm just following after the Holy Ghost. We have God, to break that, 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 that spirit of, well, I want to live so borderline close and still look like Jesus and still look like the church, but I want to still be able to do this and do that. No, when Jesus saved me, he saved me from that. He brought me from that. I don't want to go back to that. I don't want that to be in my life. When he set me free from alcohol, I didn't say, well, one day I may go back to that. No. I said, I want to be changed. When I told God I wanted to be changed, I was desperate enough to change. That's the way we got to be. we got to be desperate for a change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Tonight, if you're here and you're bound... By sin. Uh-huh. If you're bound by sickness or you're yeah. bound by disease, and sin is a disease. So if you're bound by sin, you're bound by disease. Come on. Right? Sin eats away at you right. until it just eventually kills you. Right. I talked about that this morning. But let me tell you something. Jesus Christ is not in a physical being tonight. He's not in a tangible way that we can just really reach out and touch the literal him of his garment right, right. but let me tell you what is here that can change your life forever and that's the Holy Ghost right. yes. the Holy Ghost Hallelujah. will change your life forever yes, you wonder why we shout you wonder why we praise you wonder why we, we do what we do it's because the Holy Ghost changed us right. yes. And if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you need to get the Holy Ghost. We need to get up and we need to say, God, I'm desperate. I'm going to press my way because I want that Holy Ghost. You know, I have seen some people who are so hungry for the Holy Ghost that the service just gets started and they run and fall on their face before God. And and before you know it, they're speaking in tongues because they're desperate. But we are lacking some desperate people. People are just, they're, they're just, they're okay with the way they're living. It's kind of hard to preach to a sinner nowadays because everybody's a Christian. But I'm telling you that you have got to have the Holy Ghost to be saved. Amen. Amen. Paul asked him in Acts. He said, have you ever seen the Holy Ghost? They said, what Holy Ghost are you talking about? We ain't never heard of that. Amen. What are you talking about? And Peter, laid, I mean Paul laid hands on him and they began to speak with other tongues. Then he asked him, he said... Have you been baptized in Jesus' name? And I'm paraphrasing. And they said, no, but we've been baptized in our John's baptism. Well, that's not necessarily wrong, but you've got to be baptized in Jesus' name now. And he done it. And they were saved. They were prepared for heaven. So tonight, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you need to receive the Holy Ghost. Tonight, if you're here and you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, we need to take you down in Jesus' name. Because we want to make sure you're ready to be Jesus. You say, well, preacher, I just don't believe that I have to have the Holy Ghost. Well, the Bible says these, false, these signs shall follow that belief. believe. They will speak with a new tongue. Yeah. Amen. Uh-huh. In Matthew. Look it up. It's in Matthew. Somewhere. I've read it. I know. It's in there somewhere. <laughs> but I'm telling you, you've got to have the Holy Ghost. It's a requirement yes. to be saved. Yes. So tonight, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, man... I'm almost pleading with you. Come down here. Let's, let us pray with you. Right, yeah. yes. It's nothing. It, it does me good. It, it makes me excited. I'm telling you, I have reached out in several places. I have seen, since I've been evangelized since October, I have seen uh, 11 people receive the Holy Ghost and have baptized like six of them. Six or seven people have been baptized in my ministry. And I haven't preached out a whole lot. Since January, I've preached out more than I did since October. I'm telling you that God is one. No, 14 receive received the Holy Ghost. I'm sorry, 14. I'm telling you, God wants to add you to that tonight. If you are here and you've had the Holy Ghost, but you've gotten cold on God, why don't you come and let God renew you? Right. Amen. Amen. Why don't you let God come in and Don't worry about changing your whole life. Just worry about getting the Holy Ghost. Let's take this one step at a time. Let God begin to do a work. But I'm telling you, you've got to be desperate. You've got to be sick of your lifestyle. You've got to be sick of your mess. Hallelujah. How many are desperate tonight for a move of God? How many are desperate for revival? How many are desperate for a touch? How many are desperate tonight? Well, why don't you stand to your feet? Come on. Let's stand to our feet. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, so why don't you come down here tonight and let God fill you? if you need a touch from God why don't you come down here tonight and let God touch you come on don't be scared don't be shy why don't you let God come touch you come on while he's moving while his spirit's here come on why don't you come down and let while the the waters are being troubled why don't you let God do a touch that only he can do oh come on oh I believe there's some hungry people Why don't you come down to the front tonight? Let God touch you. Come on, the Holy Ghost is moving in this place. Don't be scared of it. Don't be scared of it. Come on. Oh, yes, 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 hallelujah! Oh, Jesus. Oh, come on, is there anybody else? Is there anybody else that's desperate? Is there anybody else who wants the Holy Ghost?